Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Filet Mignon here, the Jesus and Paula show, Filet Mignon. This is the meat of the word, but with it, it's breaking things down. Last week, Dr. Price said you are either Satan's subjects or sovereigns. I was like, am I a subject to Satan or am I his sovereign? I mean, you have to, it's so easy to say amen. Amen. Wow, that's powerful. But then when you walk out of the room. And you start living life, and situations arise. Are you reacting sovereignly or subjectively? Some, you're like, yes, I did it. Others, you're like, ooh, it did me. (laughs) It did me. In November, we have our annual apostolic summit right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the embassy, our new facility, home of the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. And November 17th, 17th, yes the 20th we'll be here we're going to show a quick promo for you just getting your taste buds interested in what's going to happen here and uh dr price has lined up some very interesting speakers which are not in this video yet but they will be in the next one so take a look we'll be right back in about 60 seconds or less I have good news. Dr. Price just said she'll be at the summit this year. So, uh, so that's that's refreshing. Uh, she's going to pass on by. Might pop in, uh, speak to us, acknowledge a few things, might give us 15 minutes of her time. Let me tell you something. Dr. Price is a powerful teacher, and we know that this event will not be streamed. Our events are not streamed. You do need to show up in person if you want to receive and partake of this wisdom. Typically on Thursday, Dr. Price holds it down. Now, in uh, Wednesday night is the Dignitaries Dinner. Thursday, Dr. Price kicks off with her teaching, training, I would say that we come into the situation room, especially in November. It's the situation where we go in, and I don't know, sometimes we might shift a little bit into the war room, like step into a door, 
and be in the war room because we are in a war season in the body of Christ. And um, and then we'll have our other speakers there as well. And so you don't want to miss that summit. Some people have been saying for years, oh, yeah, I'm going to come. And then something comes up, oh, I'm going to come. And then something comes up, oh, I'm going to come. And you realize that every year something comes up? Every year there's an opportunity not to be where God is going to be? Every year there's a reason when Jesus was choosing his disciples, well, I have this and I have that. And you know what? What I did not see in Scripture is him begging anybody. I also didn't see him putting his mission on forbearance until people's lives worked it out for them to be ready for what he was doing. I don't, we don't see that in Scripture. Like, we preach that in the pulpit, but we don't see that in Scripture. We don't see him saying, oh, okay, well, you have to go work things out with your family. Well, I'll just be over here um, praying and multiplying these fishes and loaves again. That was kind of fun. I'm going to do that again, and while you work it out, and when you come back to me, then we'll get started. We don't see that anywhere from Genesis to Revelation in Scripture that the Lord just stops everything for us. He's like, let the dead bury their own dead. Ezekiel's wife dies. The next morning I got up and did what I was told to do, what I was supposed to do. We have on and on. If you heal, he's going to need a healing. He's going to give you enough strength at least to do the job and keep it moving. And he said, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'll give you some life to get it done. But this whole doctrine that we preach about the will of God being subjected to our personal preference and convenience is not scriptural. I mean, Jesus was on the timeline. Well, it's time to start working miracles. Well, it's time to go into the wilderness. It's time to die. And when his boy was like, no, Lord, he called, she just addressed this. He, he said, get behind me, Satan. He knew that that was Satan, his enemy, talking him out of fulfilling his purpose and destiny. How much more do we have to fight it if Jesus did? Through friends and family and sister, I know that God wouldn't call you to suffer. I know that I know that He wouldn't call you to lack. <clears throat> Sometimes you tell people, "Get behind me, Satan," because I know this suffering is from God and for God and for a greater purpose. Or this is not suffering; this is consequences of my own decisions. Or this is the price I'm paying for greatness. And see, we are just letting the enemy just whisper and talk and do all things. So last year she said, you are either Satan's subject or sovereign. Now, if you want to hear more about what Dr. Price does, she is also a podcaster on Charisma Podcast Network. And you can subscribe to her from Charisma or iTunes or Google Play or wherever you hear your podcast. And listen to this wisdom on a regular basis. You can download it to your device and listen, 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 because as far as I'm concerned, we can't get enough of this wisdom. Right. When you're all in to something, nobody has to tell you to consume it. You, you uh, discover a new artist, for example, a new musical artist. Nobody has to tell you to download all their albums. Oh, no, man, I heard these three songs. I went and downloaded everything they've done, and I listened to it. Ooh, I already know all the lyrics to this song, and then we're so proud. Christian or not, we're so proud at how much we invest in those kind of things. But when it comes to the things of God, well, don't be a cult. Don't, well, so you bought everything. Don't, don't make that person an idol. So you have somebody else's 19 albums. 
in your playlist. They're their own playlist in your phone. You can play it for seven hours straight and not repeat a song from that one person. But that's not idolizing somebody. That's just being inspired. That's being passionate. That's, ooh, they're ministering to me. But when it comes to somebody in a preacher position, all of a sudden, don't don't make them an idol. Oh, so you're you're moving for that? Now you can move for a job. Wow, wow. Come on. You move for your career. And don't be in something like the military that tells you when you're going to move, how long you're going to be there, how long you're going to get paid, and you may or may not come back with your life. Oh, you're moving your whole family again, 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 again. I have friends who are husbands are in military. I mean, they're moving houses pregnant by themselves with the kid. You're talking about seven months pregnant. pregnant. Well, my husband has a new assignment. This is what we signed up for. Wore out, tired, mad, sad, happy, glad. It doesn't matter. That is what you signed up for. But when it comes to the sovereign of sovereign, the king, I serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But he would never tell me to do that. I don't know why not. Every other king did and does. Real ones, they do. And so I want you to check out this quick uh, promo as well on how to follow and download Dr. Price's podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. can follow her, listen to that voice, listen to the voice of the Lord. We already told you about the audio Bibles. We tell you all the time to have your audio Bible, your audio teachings and trainings to build yourself up on your most holy faith, most holy faith, not just faith, period, your most holy faith in the holy scriptures. That'd be nice. That'd be a great place to start, to not build our house on the sand, but on the rock. We used to sing those songs as kids. Don't build your house on the sandy land. Don't build it too near the shore. Okay, we had, am I the only one? I love children's church, okay? <laughs> and what does it say in the end that you, you might have to build it twice? You might have to build your house once more. You have to build your house upon the rock and build it on the rock of the Lord. And we taught our kids, don't build it on shaky ground. You better build it on the Lord. She said also that this will be a breakthrough followed by a teardown. Do you know what it is to tear something down? Have you ever torn something down? It takes a lot of strength. You could go, if you watch, and I watch a lot of home renovation things and I study it, that demolition day is a lot by hand. You're in a house, and so unless you are gutting the whole thing, which is kind of rare, but sometimes you do, you have to be careful, so your swing has to be accurate. When they put X's on walls, we're going to take out this wall because it's a vanity wall. We can't take out this wall or the roof will collapse. So don't hit the low-bearing wall that's supporting the whole thing, but you can take this out. Well, we can blow this wall out, and we'll have a nice open space here, but don't touch that stud, but we can move that one, and on and on and on it goes. But it takes strength to do demolition by hand. It takes skill to do it by machinery, but it certainly takes strength to do it by hand. And when she makes a statement that this will be a breakthrough followed by a teardown and then said we need warriors, not just worship, hallelujah, that means we need people with stamina in the spirit. 
stamina in the spirit that after you do one big push, you're not done. I mean, it took us a long time to work up to being these people. But it took a lot of battle, a lot of warfare, and a lot of hard times to be strong even in the good times. Because we think that hard times take strength and good times just take, uh, you know, happiness. I'm just happy. Yay. It's wonderful. It's great. But it takes strength to maintain, to push, to break beyond. Anyway, again, a breakthrough followed by a tear down. Do you have what it takes? It looks so easy if somebody said, we're just going to knock this wall out here and, and make this one big open space. Oh, great. Uh, we're going to do it. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to get some sledgehammers, <laughs> some crowbars, and we're going to start swinging. And then you knock things out, and then you have to get your hands in and rip things out. And then you find out, whoo, I need a break. You ha- do you have one swing in you? Because the hammer's heavy. Swords are heavy. Those warriors, especially back in the day and even now, you see how big some of these weapons are? The kickback, the throwback, the pushback on them, the recoil can knock you into the wall. I'm a small person. There are some things that I cannot fire because the recoil will throw me out <laughs> of the roof. <laughs> they teach you how to, how to stand, how to hold it, how not to knock your shoulder out of place, how not to pop yourself in the eye and give yourself a black eye. There's a skill that you have to have to handling weapons of warfare. And in the natural, we can see it. But we don't always connect it in the spirit realm. We just want to get out there and just start opening fire. Just tons of raging tons of fire. Just splatter them all over the side of the barn, not hitting anything in the spirit, no kind of focus, just going off in the spirit. We just got into prayer. Oh, it was fiery. Wow, it was amazing. But what did you hit? Well, what do you mean? I mean, we just got out there and did it. Well, what was your target? And you sound like a Gatlin gun just going off all over the place, a machine gun just firing. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just a shotgun just in the general vicinity of your target in the spirit, hoping that you'll hit something. And we do not register that how the Lord trained his apostles, how the prophets were trained to be skilled warriors in the spirit and in the natural. That takes time. It takes testing. It takes proving how you respond in fear, how you respond when you're stressed out. The assessments measure that. Uh, making a plug for the assessments, the standardized ministry assessments, do register how, what is your emotional response when you're under duress, having to stay in uh, a particular stressful situation for an extended period of time. Because trials are rarely short. That's why it's a trial. Like a test might be short. But a trial can be a season, bless God, which can be whatever. You notice how seasons are just open to the Lord? I'm in a season of warfare. What does that even mean? I don't know. For some people it was 30-some years, bless his holy name. Other people it was a little less than that. It's too soon. It's okay. It's all right. She, she, she's, we're on the other side now, all right? We're on the other side of the breakthrough. 
But do you have the stamina to make it through the battle? Are you giving up? Are you jumping off? Are you, I'm out. This isn't God. He didn't call me to this. I'm changing my mind. Uh, all of a sudden, he gave you another calling. I love the saints that God gives them one particular assignment until it doesn't go their way, and then all of a sudden, he's given them another assignment. You've never heard that prophet, Angela, have you? You've never gotten that in advice. I feel the Lord is calling me somewhere else. Really? Did he just call you here? And didn't you tell me when you got here what your assignment was for like forever? This is it. This is the last place. I'm, I know that, God, this is my final destination. And then you don't get your way, and then all of a sudden your GPS kicks up again. Oh, I'm actually not here. It's not done. It's redirecting me to someone else's ministry. You know how when you get there, GPS is done. Your clicks, doop. And then if you miss it, it keeps trying to redirect, redirect. And so your GPS has said done, but all of a sudden it's picking up again. And it's time to be redirected to another... And we don't, we so don't know what we're saying when we say we want to be used by God. We don't. Because we we say what we have heard doctrinally, not what is written in Scripture at all. He's talking about forsaking all if you even look back. I mean, how many Scriptures talk about if you just look back, not even go back, just look back. Remember Lot's wife. Okay. everything God did to get them out alive, and she just couldn't. So mad, mad at God, mad at her husband, mad at the angels that saved their life. You would rather be burning with all that mess than than God save you. And that's some people. God has moved miraculously to save your life, answer your prayers, gave you back your mind, gave you back your family, gave you back your job, all of these things, and then – Maybe it wasn't so bad. The Lord gets Israel out of Egypt for 400 years of slavery, 400 years of slavery, and he's destroyed, and they're mad at Moses because what? They did not enter into Paradise City. You were slaves 15 minutes ago. How are you mad that you're no longer slaves? Well, I mean, at least, at least we had, at least you had what? And you could tell, just like what Dr. Price said, um couple Sundays ago, I'm trying to keep my messages straight, thank you, about uh, Eve, the beguiling spirit, the seducing spirit was right, the serpent Eve in the garden, and how he made that tree look a different kind of way than it really did. And when you are being seduced, he really does throw that illusion in front of your face that what you think you're seeing is actually not what's there. You can build up a whole argument about why you should leave somewhere. It could be your job. Let's not talk about ministry. Let's just talk about work. It seems to be safer to accept. You could be building up why you should leave your job, why you should quit. Your boss this, and they don't understand, and they don't treat me right. And now you get paid what they tell you they're going to pay you. Nobody's cussing you out every day. You just, and this thing kicks up, and you quit in a huff over a coffee cup. And then you're out of work, can't find. And I find it very interesting that when God moves heaven and earth to do something and you blow it, you wander for a long time. Because you really do think, well, he did it here, he'll do it again over here. And if that was the big breakthrough for you, if that was your final destination, you will wander and wander. We know people who, whether our ministry or not, 
they have messed over where they were, and they just float and bounce around. 10, 15 years later, still not settled. They might even be in a decent church, still not settled. Nobody even really sees them. There's no place for them because the place that God had for them, they walked away from. And so are we ready to be warriors and not just worshipers? That's the question you have to answer. She gave an instruction last week to spend 30 days seeking God. What is the Holy Spirit's function in me? Because we'll say often, what is God doing for me? Don't we say that? What's God doing for me? What's he, how is he going to bless my life? How is he going to change my life? How is my money? How is my healing, my restoration, my ministry, my calling, my prosperity? But this question, she said, what is the Holy Spirit's function in me? Meaning, what am I supposed to do as the Holy Spirit resides in me? which is rarely for ourselves. Can you imagine if Jesus came to earth as selfish as we are? We would not be having this conversation today. Talk about, hmm, that cross looks hard. I think I might send somebody else. Father, can we send somebody else? Because <laughs> this is how we, we backpedal with the Lord real quick. Whatever gets challenging. Oh, I don't know. Yes, God said this. Well, I'm just thinking this might not be the season. This might not be the day. Uh, This might not be the way. One of the other statements she said in conclusion here is God is ruthless about his righteousness. Do you remember last week was about love? And how many times does love show up in scripture? Uh, Truth, law, holy, righteousness, and the derivatives of those words. And she said that God is ruthless about his righteousness. I'm sorry. You're sorry? (laughs) <laughs> it was a divine, I was like, who's sorry? <laughs> the device is talking back. <laughs> There's Tommy right there. But do you remember how many times righteousness shows up? 978. Nearly a thousand times. That's over love. That's over truth, holiness, righteousness. And that's powerful. Which is why righteousness tends to life. Yeah. And righteousness is the wisdom of God. Yeah. So we're going to have a blast today. I promise you we're going to have a blast today. It's going to be so much fun. I have no idea what God is doing. I cannot give you anything but Yes. Can I ring the bell early? That means it's going to be good. Didn't we talk about that, bell? We talked about the bell. Come on. Didn't, look at me. Didn't we talk about the bell? You talked about the bell, and I did not agree. But we did talk. You talked. Yes. And I was there. I told her, I am taking your bell. And there we go. I see you got some pearls of wisdom on your wrist, so. Yeah. On the right hand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the things that we're going to cover today, what God wants to talk about, really, is this. What does it mean to be as he is in this world? So I'm going to be on that journey for a little bit because it's one thing to have a slogan. We got here because we had sliced off pieces of scripture. We had slivers. We had, we had, but we didn't know what it meant. 
You know, I always use this example, which I think is a powerful example. And one day somebody's going to wrap their head around this example. But, you know, Barack Obama ran on change. He did. Nobody asked him what change was. So, so Barack, what you changing? What you changing, brother? Nobody asked him. We all ran there because we, we, I mean, we voted our color. We literally, Barack Obama was elected on color, even though nobody wants to admit it. Everybody voted his color. Everybody. That means black, white, Asian, Middle Eastern, everybody voted Barack's color. They did not vote politics. So we upset now we're upset because they're running on a racial ticket. We're all upset. But everybody, twenty eight percent of evangelicals voted Barack's color. Never asked him what he's going to change. Never asked him, okay, so what's your, uh, uh-uh, we're just changing. We're just going to be different. First speech, America is not a Christian nation. But the, but the 28% evangelicals voted his color and never asked about his faith or his God. Just assume that it was his God. And so when I and, and I, even when I was teaching about it and all of that, I said, "But does anybody? Did anybody care? That's like your store, your favorite restaurant, or the most enticing restaurant you can find, telling you we're changing our menu, and you're saying, good. You didn't ask what they're putting in the food, don't that? Okay, you come in and it's a whole new restaurant of something you can't stand. Oh yeah, right." And you never go back. So, the, and so now we go from voting a black man on his color, because he never told us what he was going to do. He's just going to have some change. New America. We didn't know what, what it was. This is your welcome to your new America. And it never crossed your mind. And when I talk to African-American black folks, when I talked to black folk, I said, but why did y'all think, well, because it was time for a black man to be president. Well, and then the Christian one says to me, well, God will fix it. I don't know why God cast his vote before y'all had an election. Y'all didn't like God's vote. So then, and then we, I asked the evangelicals, I said, especially the Caucasians, white folk, I said, well, why did y'all vote him? They said, we wanted to showed that we were being fair and impartial. They wanted to prove that they were not racist, but you voted on his race. <laughs> well, and a lot of people who challenged him were accused. The mm-hmm. only reason you don't like him is because he's black. black. So either way, but, but see, what, I'm, what am I saying? Be wise as serpent and harmless as dove. That devil was so slick, he put everybody in a chokehold. So that no ma- black folk had to vote for him because he's our people. Now, I didn't vote for him. Well, no. I wasn't going to vote for him. Well, and if you go to some of my earlier, go back in my archives, you're going to find out. I did not vote for him because I was looking for a president and not a skin tone. Right. Amen. See, we, and, and you have all of these black folk who are talking about, yeah, but at least we got a black president. And I know God was faithful because God is like, yeah, but y'all owe these people something. So we all, I'm going to do this. But understand, going forward, 
going forward, we're going to be wise as serpents. And how do we become wise as serpents? By learning the serpent's maker. By learning the maker of the serpent. See, I need you all to care this because, see, as long as you want to run anything on your race, on your skin color, on your gender, you will always run it into the ground. Because in order for us to do something, we have to, we have to literally reach not just outside of ourselves, but above ourselves. And righteousness comes down from above. And one of the things that the church does not have classes in is 978 times. And we got nine, that's 978 classes we need on God's righteousness. Because we can't think right. We can't feel right. We can't behave right because righteousness is not from the earth. He said righteousness does not spring up from the earth and did not spring up from the earth until Jesus Christ sent the Holy Ghost and us in him. So because when I say that, they say, well, okay, you know, when I say, why is a serpent harmless as dove, you almost want to say, so God to study serpent? No, you study his maker. Because his maker is how he got rid of him in God's realm. So we, what is the maker? Who is the maker? The Bible says that God made all things through Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know that all means all? All means all. And all, I say often, the biggest little word in history is all. All means all. So he said he made all things through Jesus Christ. So that means he made that serpent. He designed it. He sculpted it. He created that serpent, and he created it for right reasons. Because, you know, think about it. So when he, when he made it, the serpent, he started out with a cherub. So he started out with the cherub and ended up with the serpent. And he knew that he was going to end up with the serpent because free will means you get to choose the best of God or the rejects of God. I just want you, and it's the truth, you get to choose the best of God. See, so I, I understand this because Jesus is like, you know, because there are people that, well, why did God make the devil? He didn't make him a devil. He made himself a devil. He reinvented himself. God made a cherub. See, because if you don't get to the nuances, and that's what I like to do, I want to get into the nuances of the Bible because it's the nuances that Satan has perverted. So you, I mean, many saints don't even get wise as serpent. They don't even see that. And that the maker of the serpent said, be wise as serpent. Because why did he say be wise as serpent? Okay, so Jesus, are you telling us to go occult? No, he said, I said, he said I'm, I'm basing that on Revelation 12, woe to the earth. He's a woe, he's a woe creature. He said, and we cast him down to the earth. So you all are going to have to be wise enough to push back on him to suppress him, and to outsmart him. And so when you read this, I'm getting to what I want, Ezekiel 28, 
and I want to read that. I'm going to stay here. We're going to stay here until you all are comfortable with understanding that being cunning is not necessarily mean being wicked or evil. The Bible said that the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. He was so cunning that he made his agenda look appealing. He made his agenda seem appetizing. He presented his agenda as empowering. I don't know if they're hearing me. Did y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? Hit a bell, girl. Come on, hit hit a bell. But yeah, but you got to do bell duty. Today, today. But see, look at you. You're so possessive. Well, what if I want to hit a bell? So I want you to follow me on Ezekiel 28, all right, because it's important that you know it. And it's important that you understand what God is saying. The first thing I want to, he wants to talk about, and is Ezekiel, let me get it right, 28, uh, 11. Now you should read it from one onward, but for the sake of expediency, I want you to read this. Verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, or Tyra, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou seals up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. And he lists them, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the pearl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of your tablets or, you know, pike, whatever that is. I know what it is, but right now I'm trying to get to a point. And so let me look down here. I'll go ahead and look at that. How about that? Um, Small drums. We would call it the tambourine, just so I can clear it up into 21st century. So he had... Now, think about this. It says all of this was not instruments he made or played. They were instruments that were part of his physiological maker, the way your voice. We ended up from all of those instruments, and it's now just a voice. Now, we just need to be able to sing. You know, but like, God, where my drum? Why you take my drum? Jesus, that's how. So we get to sing, clap. And stop our feet. That's all we get to keep our beat. <laughs> did we call? Did anybody call for the bell? <laughs> you should have been playing that from your inside. <laughs> so here we go. It says, and his pipes or his flutes, okay, was prepared in thee. I want you, if it's your Bible, circle envy inside you. So that is why we have organs. That's why they name what's inside of us our, our body parts organs, because they used to be musical. <laughs> now think about it. You understand? All of these are major organs. And today, with sonar technology, they're finding the sounds in our organs. 
I don't know about you, but I got to take a break myself. I got to hit a bell. Where's, I got my own bell. <laughs> my own bell. Got my bell. See, but, but you know, this is how you understand. That's all I'm saying. No, no. No, no, I want you to see who has the bigger bell. But she got the other one. No, no, I know better. I know better. I'll be, I'll be getting ready to hit a spot, and you get there, and you'll hit the bell, and I'll be like, what's going on? No, 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 no. You don't get a gong. No, this is not the gong show. <laughs> But I want you to think about it because they, they, you know, because people say, well, why do we call it organs? When you go and you begin to research the word organ, it talks about music and sound. And so he was obviously unique or either he was the standard, but there's no middle ground. So I would say he's unique in the sense that God said anything, all of his organs spoke. That is a lot of influence. That's a lot of hypnotic power. So now, because that's how come you, why you know he fell. That's why he has to make instruments. He has to make weapons of war because God pulled back all of that. So he has to use beguilement, which means his memories of his former self. Y'all slower? And so it said, and now thou hast been, has been. He's a has been. Thou has been. You are in. You were in the garden of God. Okay, and he goes on to tell you he did not just have instruments. He did not just have sound. He had what we would call electronic brilliance. All these stones served a purpose. They were not, for us, gemstones are this. But when you talk to miners and you talk to designers, gemstones all have a functional purpose. Can I just say it like that? All of them have a functional purpose. Now, the reason that you want to know that is because as he is, so are we in this world. Our new bodies are going to be like that. So when you see Jesus and he's, doing what he's doing, he's operating not only as the one with all of those attributes and all of those resources, his faculties are not like ours. Ours come from, okay, so we have a gift here and a talent here. No, I'm the talent maker. Because today we bring talents down to something that is, um, um, you know, a gift or a bestowal or an endowment. But back then, in God's realm, talents are not abstract. Gifts are not abstract. Faculties are not abstract. Now, to show you how different it is between them and us, you know, when you, when you're in, when you move in those occult circles, they talk about your aura. That's your, and they say it's your energy, don't they? And they tell you the different colors of the aura. Is that right? And the different colors match gemstones or gemstones. Is that right? 
so the yellow matches one thing and the green is so and so and so they study all of that because he he no longer has the light of light in his gemstone he has to maneuver and manipulate creation so it has to be set just this way to pick up the power of the sun and this way to pick up why because all of those things that made him as potent as he was in god's realm are gone god took pulled power plug so it's kind of like you know you can have your favorite blue light but without a plug it's just blue it's a blue bulb. okay nice blue bulb, you know and so the reason that we have to know this is if we have to be wise and serving, we need to understand what the maker did, what the maker put in that serpent, or what he took out of them, out of that chariot to make him a serpent. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm going to hit the ball. No. Don't you understand your turn? Oh, oh thanks for permission. Okay, thank you. Can, can I ring it? Okay. <laughs> Let your gift work. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna behave, okay? We're not. We're not gonna behave today. That's that's, that's not that day. So, but you know, when you're teaching things like this, why do I do it like that? Some people have issues. I just want to hear it. But other people, I have to give you a break for you to let what I just said sink in. If Jesus said, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, harmless as doves, we understand that that's the Holy Ghost, that's peace. But wise as a serpent, what is that? So God is telling you how he made this creature and what made him superior. So, and, and it's giving us backstory, because if you don't get heaven's backstory, you can't back heaven. You don't even want to back heaven. You're like, yeah, with God, you lost. Okay. So he said, and, and gold, the workmanship of your tambourine. So he's, listen to that. Now, how do you beat a tambourine made of gold? That's one. But how about this? They use gold for more than jewelry, don't they? Does anybody else know what they use gold for? Filling. Conductor. What else? Decoration, anyone else? Thread. Thread, thread. that's right. Thread for your clothes. Currency. Thank you. Currency, what else? Teeth. Teeth. Teeth, yeah, exactly. And you know what? And they use it, they use it in the temple. Why? Because gold has, a, has not only a conductor, which is what you said, right? But it stops contamination. Which is why everything in the tabernacle had to be gold. And now, now in terms of God realm, gold speaks to the spirit. Silver speaks to the soul. Bronze speaks to the body. I'm thinking if you all going to press your way to come here, I don't know why in the world you would want me to, I don't meet you with something. So, when God talks about gold, he's actually talking about the, the energy that comes from the spirit realm. Wow. 
the God spirit, the God energy. So when he when we say gold, that's what we mean. When we say silver, we're talking about the soul. When you read Ecclesiastes, it talks about the silver cord. And when the silver cord is broken, the soul is separated from the body. Is this? Do you all think this is like too academic or whatever? Because we're going to talk a little later about how it affects you, what makes it effective for you. All right? So here we are. He says, and the workmanship of thy tabrets, or, you know, tabret, tabret, whichever way they want to call it, but it actually means small drum. It says, and, and, and I like the way this, I love this Bible, because carbuncle is any of certain deep red gems. So guess what that includes? Rubies. Any other deep red gem we can think about? Garnet. Mm-hmm. And sapphire comes in a lot of colors. So it, so it has to do with that. And he said, all of this was prepared in you in the day that you were created. Not born. Created. You were created then, which is why Jesus gets on his nerves, because Jesus is the forgotten. The whole battle is what came out of God's reproductive self versus what came from his handiwork. Verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon was. Listen to past tense. Because so you we keep thinking that he was born on earth, that he was created on earth, that he was never in God's world and in God's presence. He was not only in God's presence, he actually overshadowed everything. When he said covered, he didn't mean awning only. It wasn't about awning. Okay, wasn't an umbrella. Okay, well, you know, the, the most high might get hot. <laughs> okay, well, somebody got to keep the shade off, Jesus. He might get sunburned from his own glory. His own glory is going to burn him. Okay? So here we are, but that's not what that means. Look that word up and then look for every synonym for the word covering. Because even when we say we are covering people's ministry, we are still doing no more than awning and shade duty for people. There's no shelter involved. Covering requires that. So when you look up the word, I just love how God does this. Don't you all like it? So when you look at it and you look it up, I'm going to go back, and you look up the word covering, you can see that it's providing shelter, shade, protection, administration, oversight, superintendency. Is that different? Go ahead. Well, just thinking about when you say you're covering someone's life. You're not holding an umbrella over their head. No, no, no. You're doing all of those all, all of those things. So you being a covering to my life, for mm-hmm. example, exactly. is all of those things, not just I live in your house. No, no, no. And let me tell you, covering goes further than that because when you – he his job was he was a lower power trusted to cover a higher power. So now let's take your example in reverse. Go ahead. 
That's what we're doing today. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about what you said. Well, it's like me covering your life. Exactly. So, uh, so when you betray your head, mm. when you disclose secrets, Come on. or somebody's going to hear me, when you violate the rules of, of, of uh, your service, when you go and go out and mishandle funds, when you mishandle this and that, when you go out and you abuse your head because you're trusted using secrets that no one can have, he's saying this thing was that close to me. Because we think the mountain of God was, was like these guys climbing Mount Everest and then standing there freezing in the cold. No, no. No, no, mountains were seats of government. They're where the high, the highest creator met the lower realm, the creation. And you're going to see that in a moment because you think you know how Jesus is. You think you know how he thought. But in, in, in most churches and in most doctrines, Jesus is treated as someone who just simply shows up to scoop up our songs, to scoop up our worship, to scoop up our praise, and then to exit as quickly as he can to his ship to go wherever he goes. And when he comes, he's bringing us some trinkets. Most of what Christians want from Christ are trinkets. They're, not any, they're no better than having a charm bracelet. No power in it. But that is not how it began. And so here we go. So, and if you study all of these gems, you're going to know his powers. No, we don't understand what it means to be as he is in this world. So you said, but, but Dr. Price, how does that pertain to us? Because when we came into existence, there's a passage that Peter used called, we are living stones. Oh, see, that didn't get that. Now, that's a bell time. What's wrong with you? Hit that liberty bell. There you go. You had to be taken over. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's a bell. Uh-huh. But so when she, when people in the times that we have been together over the years, people have criticized her covering me because they didn't understand. Her job was to see to it that my enemies did not enter in and exploit me that I would be made aware of those who say one thing to my face and something else to others. That was good. You, do you understand? Her job is to see to it that what I need is done and to think from experience and from observation to tend to what I need to make sure I can do my job, make sure that I am also going to be surrounded by the right people. Because covering is two-way, the covered and the covery. And the covery of a high position has weighty authority. They, by, just by default, by, by virtue of the duties that I have to have, that she has to see to a word. So you all get mad because she runs up on you and says stuff, but you understand she's doing her covering duty. When our prophets wake up and uh, get them to tell you stuff, you're like, who do you think you are? We don't, we're not thinking about our identity. You are. Right. We're clear. Amen. We're very clear. And so you need to understand that part of this is like part of my leadership training. And so I spent a lot of time. And when things go off, you all don't hear from me. But she does. 
You didn't even know. You might want to hit the little green one, baby. Hit the green button. You know, uh. And you know why? So when you think, I just want to share this with you if I can. When you think that um, all, all Lucifer did was sing and play music, that's because you don't understand divine technology. You don't understand eternity's technology. You don't, you don't understand that. In your mind, everything is church, everything is worship. Worship in heaven is not everybody walking around singing. Worship is, in heaven is glorifying God by doing what why he created you or doing what you were created to do so that he is glorified and everybody can see his potency as well as his protection and guardianship. The church doesn't God, does it guard God. They don't do any better for God. It, right now, it doesn't do any better for God than this cherub that sold him out, that turned on him. Because it didn't understand covering. It didn't understand what Satan did in his position, how he drew on and used God's power and his wisdom and everything up until that point. Because, you know, God is smart enough to give you just a little taste because he keeps the banquet for himself. So he'll give you a taste, he'll give you dinner, but you aren't going to get a buffet until you prove yourself. And then after that you get a banquet, which is not the same as a buffet. So when he says, I'm bringing you to my banqueting table, that's huge. When he says about the prophets and the apostles and Moses and all of them, that they will sit at his table, that's huge. We think we're doing a big deal by saying grace. Lord, I thank you for the food. No, no. So I want you to, because this is important, I think it's important. So I'm going to do this because I think it's extraordinarily important. So when we look at Ezekiel 28, and you look at what he actually did, because we don't know what he did to God. We don't have a clue about all that he did to God. Do we? So I'm going to go, just for you to understand what he did to his, his maker. Are we all at 28? I want us to see this. So 28, I want to get into 28.13. It's very important. Now, I have this, you know, I love the, the uh, Esau people. I bless them people all the time. Because when it says here, now, when it says thou has been, it says you existed actually came to be, etc. and it goes on to say what I like, but you were accomplished in Eden. You were committed. God commissioned him. And he in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone. I love that. And, and I love the fact when they say every precious stone, that means everything that you can build with, every Instrument, every tool, because it uses the word. This is from the root of what, what we call banal, which is for building. To build, figure, listen to this figuratively, to begin to build, builder, obtain children, make, repair, set up. Now, that is what that term meant, it came from. And it says to build a stone. You understand that the whole masonry thing, now you know why it's masonry. Tools. Implements, instruments, because you quarry, okay? 
a, a stone plus carbocom plus mason, a plummet, a chalk. It's talking about, you know, even a sling stone or a weight. Now, these are important things that we don't pay attention to because in our mind, well, that's just then. This is heaven. This is not. People like the Bible is outdated. Are you kidding? We're talking heaven. We're not, I mean, you you running from history. We're talking about before you even came into a being. So it says, was of God. Now, listen, I love this. Was your covering. I, I, I just love this. Masuka. It says covering, and it's important for you to recognize that when God says this, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's scary. And, and when you look at it for covering for screen and all of that. Now, the interesting thing is um, they don't really talk about how it, what the covering is because we reach into a place that the pastoral mantle couldn't go. But let's see what his covering was. Okay? We think about the sardis, gar, gar, uh, the garnet. You all came up with that? Redstone like the red clay of human and make it. Ruby, carnelian for redness. Okay, topaz. Now you should study these stones in your own time to see what they do, what they are beyond gemstones. Because we just thought that he just had a lot of jewelry on. You know, he wore a lot of jewelry. He had a whole lot. Look at that. He had all of this jewelry hanging off of his clothes. We don't pay attention to the fact that these things were in him. All right? And so we talk about that. We look at the diamond. Does anybody know how important a diamond is? How important is a diamond beyond jewelry? Lasers. Who said it? Cutting. Anybody else have any idea? Drill heads and drill bits. Heat conductors. So when you read this, this is not, he was not accessorized. Because that's how we read it. We read it as if he was accessorized. When he, in fact, was not accessorized, he was furnished and equipped, empowered and enabled. Using God's energy. He was the tool. He was the instrument, the implement. That was an accessory. I just thought you meant like that. The reason people like diamonds is because they're hard. You, you can't, you know, they cut your glass and all of that. Yeah. So let's look at that burl, same thing, and it's talking about different ones. Now, if we, these people weren't thinking on this level, level as we are, but if we were putting this together today, we would have a whole different expanded definitions, wouldn't we? And same thing, because all they want to talk about, they don't want, about, and then they couldn't, let's be real, they couldn't. Now, sapphire was what? Lapis lazuli? Um, but, but, but they couldn't because energy hadn't hit their world. Energy by the Holy Ghost hit our planet. As much as Satan wants to take credit for energy, he doesn't have it. As you can see, he lost it. He doesn't have it. And it took the Holy Ghost to come to the planet to say, I am the light of the world. And we, we think of it as totally philosophical, intellectual, but the Holy Ghost brought the power of light and energy to the planet. Because if Satan could have gotten his people out of darkness, he would have. And when you look at those nations where they reject Jesus Christ, 
they either come to, they pull on the Holy Ghost because he's global, and they come to our country to learn how to use it. And a lot of them are still in, I mean, they're still going to the bathroom and holding the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Emerald the, uh, was the stone in the priest's breastplate. And, it, and the emerald came from Tyre. It was imported from Tyre. And we go on. And so I really wanted you to get an idea of what God actually made as opposed to the propaganda that makes us think he's greater than we are. So when I say that as he is, so are we in this world, as, we, as Jesus is, so are we in this world, all of these powers were taken from him. And if I could, and I'm going to read this because, and I'm going to keep going over it, so that you can stop acting like you're some sort of pitiful subject of this fallen creature. We're not his subjects; we're his sovereigns. We're not his what? We are. We are not his subjects; we are his. So we are. That is why we're seated in heavenly places. You cannot be in heavenly places if you're still on Adam's mortality. The fact that we ascend says it. So it says here, and I'm going on, and I like that because he's saying past tense, thou hast been, hast been. I thought you might like that one. Come to pass, fall out, to happen, fall out. I mean, come into being. So he came into being, and he fell out, fell out of favor with God. So he was once situated there. He's a husband. We are the eternal ones. We were in Christ before him. Where were we? Since before the foundation of the world, before ever the earth was. We're going to see that. I have to give you this consciousness, this identity, because your courage will come from your consciousness. You, you lack courage because you don't have a consciousness of who you are or the, and you live in a sense of futility instead of divine utility. Now, your family is going to tell you you're religious and you're going to say, no, nah, uh-uh, you're religious, I'm redeemed. You're religious, I'm redeemed. Because I have been born from above. Because I'm filled with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm going to keep saying it because I want you to get it. Gold, as as a precious metal, also served as a measure of weight sought because of its brilliance. That brilliance is not what we have. We, if you take gold and you use it, you put it up under a, a greater light, the brilliance is what draws you. And it, that's why they treat gold as a, a, the gem of the sun. I want you to understand this because let me tell you something. We are literally having to fight for our lives because we, gave, we bought the Satan's lies about our identity. Our identity, your identity is the key to destiny. So we got, we got that. And then he said, I love this word, workmanship. It's one of my favorite words in Scripture. 
Malarka, which means your occupation, his work, his occupation, his work, his business, his property, his tradesmanship, his creative ability, his service, his use, his public business, his political business, and his religious business. See, that's in that word. So you, now you see why he needs us out? Is this helping you all? Is this speaking? Because these are all of the things that we are fighting for right now. And it was all about business. Business, for all of the issues, the church is not, it's not a business. I don't know why it's a being. Beings, when beings work, they call it busy. So we are busy about our father's business. Jesus called it a business. At least the translators understood what he said to be a business. And so it said, uh, and then he goes on, the workmanship of his tambourine or timbrel, which we call it too, but, and it says, and his pipes. And I want you to get that because that part is powerful. And he said, and it was prepared before him, and it says, listen to this, prepared in you. These are his, this, come on, Jesus, I got to hit something. Where am I? I don't know. Oh, it's here looking nice. Hear me. His internal organs. So his internal organs, whatever those organs look like, whether they look like us humans in his likeness or whether they look like other machines, other entities. They were his internal organs. This is a picture of his internal self. And when you study each gem and what it's used for, because he has to compensate for his fall. I don't know about you all, but I'm, when I went through this, I was like, ooh, George. Okay, so it says here, so his internal organs were prepared. That means they were firmly placed, stabilized, and established in him. They set him up to be established. They literally fixed him in position. I want you to hear this. They stabilized him and his, and his fear of business and duty, and they were secure and meant to be enduring. So when you think about it, they gave him direction. They gave him readiness. They, by them, he arranged what he did, settled what God assigned him to do. They enabled him to set up business for God, accomplish, to make it firm, to make others ready. So he was very equipped from within with his organs. Right now, all we have is very mortal versions of that as our gift and our endowment. They're very mortal versions. Which is why when you look at Psalm 68:18 and bring it forward to Ephesians 4:9, he gave gifts to men. And who is he who ascended? But listen to this: Who is he that ascended? But he that what? First descended. He had to go get him. So, so, so his, he had a great job. And you can read all of these yourself. It's under, so you can reach because um, I know uh, Providence. <laughs> Okay, age 3559, 
this in strong, H3559, and you should follow this out. But he said they were prepared in thee. I like this. In the day, I love that, that he was created. So he has a creation day, not a birthday. We Because you have to know why he has a problem with Christianity. This thing goes all the way back to eternity. Am I helping you all? Yes. So, because when you say, but the church is nothing, no, no, hold on, the church is, that's why he keeps telling us we're nothing. Because he has to deal with the downgraded mortal versions of God's handiwork due to Adam's fall. So he thought he was going to have this great big win when he entered Adam. All right, I got all your sperm, so I know everything is going to take be of me, and I'm going to own it. So he thought that was it, but he thought he didn't know that Adam was alive until he entered Adam. He did, and I don't think he knew he was a death carrier. And doom. I don't think he knew that. Now he and he may have, but he might have thought that Adam, being made in the image and likeness of God, which he would know better than anybody. Go ahead. I couldn't even stop it. So he knew Adam. He understood. See, because why the serpent? You've got to think like the serpent's maker. Because I'm not telling you to think like serpents. I'm telling you because the serpent is the occult. That's paganism. You've got to think like the serpent's maker. As he is. Where? He knew Adam was a replica of Jesus Christ. So he thought, I can finally beat him. So he could attest that Adam, the first Adam, was made in the image and likeness of his own creator. He could know it because he came from that world. He came from not just world, it's a realm. And so he knew that. So he's thinking, wow, look at him. I got me, him. And he did it when Jesus came in the flesh. He still knew his maker. And when you get born again, he still knows his maker. Christ in you. Sometimes your little seed of Christ hasn't even grown up to be a problem, but he knows it's going to grow up to be a problem. So he knows. So that means that there is some sort of divinely illuminating technology that illuminates the spirit of Christ in you and that distinguishes your new creature or your new creation spirit from the spirit that he knows he owns and inhabits. Are y'all able? Because, see, y'all got to, I, I want you to understand. Wow. Because <laughs> sinners are going to tell you you're saved. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? So he knows Jesus. Why, why is it Jesus? Not just because he's the gospel, because Jesus Christ is his maker. And his sovereign, and he knew it. 
That's why everything was done to take him out before he got to the cross. Everything was about taking him out because he saw he saw Adam in him, but he also saw the God that made him. Because why were the pigs screaming? We know you, you son of the most high God. And what was the thing? Did you come to what? Before our time. Because they were on work release. <laughs> they were on assignment. God let them out to carry out this whole thing with Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Redeemer, but they know him and they know you. And even if they don't, even if you don't know, there are certain things that the Holy Spirit begins to alter about you, and that is your sound. What was it? His sound. What was the rhythm? His heartbeat. Honey man. He's my honey man. Love this man. He's my sweetheart. So he said, in the day that you are created, that means all that we can think of day meaning as a division of time, a working day, a lifetime. So he goes on to tell you that. Now, when we, then we get over here, prepared in the, the day that you are, and then he said, thou art. Now, art is and and it is and put in by the translator because it's telephone. But you, the anointed cherub that covers, and it said, thou art, but why would you use the present tense when it should be past tense? Because the next sentence says it was past tense. I have set thee so. Thou was, was, past tense, upon the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Do you know what that's saying? Energy. Power. Attributes. Abilities and him walking up and down. Can you imagine, like Peter's shadow? He, he as an example, he's walking in all of this power and energy, and he's walking. You know, your walk of life. He that's his career. They are his, his. Uh, what do you call it, God? His his subjects or his subordinates. Thank you. See, you understand. This is a living word, and it's a living gospel. This is not a dead word. So he literally said, but you walked up and down. In other words, I gave you my entire handiwork on this mountain. You were the superintendent. You were the governor. You were the ruler. You were all the designer. You were the empower. I trust it, just like he does with us when he gives us the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, but, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost doesn't benefit us as well simply because we're mortal. It has to work with class. It has to deal through doom. Moving on. So isn't this good to know? I want you to see this because it is it's interesting. Now, the word anointed cherub, this is important. It, he is the only one that has this anointing, Nimshah. Expansion, spread out one, outstretched wings, anointed. Now, when you look up anointed from other areas, other things like when God anointed um, the priest and all of that, not this word. Not this word. He's the only one. And he said, but you 
the anointed cherub. That now, how many of y'all see Archangel? We don't even see angels. You are a cherub. That doesn't make him less or whatever in this point because God had bunches of cherubs. But what did he send to earth to keep him out of the Garden of Eden? Cherub. So he's been in God's garden twice and failed. Wow. Wow. I don't think God has a garden in hell. Just thinking. <laughs> you know? But it's a, you are the anointed cherub. And it said it came from Marshak, meaning the anointing that God put on the priest, but he's the only one that has this anointing. And in order for him to do his job, in order for him to do his job, and I just checked it again, Ezekiel 28:14, he is a one of a kind. But in order for him to do his job, God allowed him to be, because you like, well, didn't God know? Yeah, he knew, but he also knew that he hadn't had any like him. You're the father of lies. He, in order for him to do his job, God had to expose him to the level and extent and degree, kingdom, government, etc., so that he could become the dragon, so that he can become the serpent, so that he can become the deceiver, because everything, God's alpha, where was he going to get it? The only thing Satan could invent was death, was his lies. Even death he didn't invent Because it, it was already Waiting for him When he cut up God did it But I'll show you how he killed him You want to know? He says how he killed him So it says here Stones of fire And then he said You were perfect In your ways From the day that you were created Till iniquity was found in thee so he's got all of this power, he's got all of this energy, he's got all of these, this authority, and, 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 all of the, and he got it. And what does he do? He comes up, he thinks of ways to overturn his makers. So he found and he discovered something called a lie. Isn't that interesting? He found and discovered something called the lie which is why God has a problem with liars. But it's also why he loves having people get caught in the custom and condition to lying because he knows that's automatic cutoff, automatic shutdown, automatic rejection. Because, well, he lived it. He ought to know. It says here, so, it, it, so his anointing was not like any other cherub. Because his anointing literally was, seems to be all about his covering, all about his wings, all about his wingspan hanging over God. So the wings were just, in, they're symbolic in this case. They're symbolic because they actually are symbolic of his authority, his assignment, his appointment and designation in God's realm. Now, they said covering. So we look at it, and the word covering is sarcastic. Okay, and for you all who want to know, age 55, 26. Now, here's what's good. We're going to look at this in more than one way. So it means to hedge. So he made up God's hedge on the mountain. Now, you're thinking one mountain and not a realm and whole creation. 
with all this population. So in the heavenly realm, he made up, he was, he, God's hedge fence about and shut in. Why? And God always fences himself about. Isn't that what the tabernacle does? We got the glory, so the glory and now the wings, the, the curtain. Now separating, hedge him about so that God's glory is contained. Now why does he want to manage it? Because it can't just come in and just say, I'm just going to have it. Like when people run up to me after I pray, I'm going to touch you and take your anointing. See, that, you wasn't going to do that in God's realm because every creature was made with the exact measure, portion of anointing, ability, etc., that God ordained forever. So if he was changing it, he, he wanted to change at his will. What did Jesus say? Somebody touched me with virtue, for virtue. I felt virtue go out of me. See, we said power, look it up. And so, so in God's realm, because he's creator. Remember, I'm creator, I'm running all of this, and I'm supplying it all. And it's all flowing with my will, with my ability. It's flowing to every creature I brought into existence. And everybody gets their measure. Now, think about how specific God is when the people went out to get the manna, as an example. They went out to get the manna. When they tried to be greedy, what happened? It, right. It was corrupted. So when you force yourself, look at Saul. You force yourself in God's realm, and you are not clean, or you're not shielded by the Holy Ghost. That is why Jesus' flesh is our veil. Because he's letting you know creation is biologic. See, I want you to get this because you, we have to start respecting the privileges we have in God and understand the privileges are not just to make us elite or to make us, you know, superior. That's in there. But the, the power is that God manages it. So somebody, what did he say about the mountain? If anybody breaks through, they're going to be killed because I've needed and measured my power. I'm just saying. Well, Jesus is saying. I'm just voicing. So when that's why he, God has problems with you striving to get more than he has given you at any given time because he knows it's going to corrupt you. He knows it's going to deteriorate you. He knows it's going to mislead you. He knows that it's going to give, you're going to become a magnet for the liar. There's a, there's a technology to our theology. Don't ever forget that. So he's saying, here was the covering, and he said, you are, it was his job. It was literally Lucifer's job to see to it that God's light and the life that comes with it was regulated. Lucifer, light, light bearer, day star. He had a huge job being that close to the Almighty, the whole Godhead. He understood where Jesus, where the Father ended and Jesus began and where Jesus ended and the Holy Spirit began. He understood that. And he understood what enwrapped them and synthesized them and made them one. He knew what he was doing when he did what he did. So the first thing he said, so shut him in. And because everything about the Lord, when he comes close, he's always about shutting him in. Why? Containing his glory so that it is not something that people break in on, like that animal, or other. Now, other touched that thing how many years? Isn't that right that we go here? Other touched that thing how many years? 
okay, 20 years and dusted it off, sitting it on the mantle, got it on the coffee table, brought in the friends, everybody got to see it, opened it up, looked in it, saw the manna, the pot of manna and all of that, the golden tablets, he did all of that. But do you know why he didn't die? Because the power was not with it. Because the power stayed in Israel. You know, I'm about to lay down myself. I'm going to need to lay down myself. I'm going to come on, Shalebo. Y'all pray for me. Listen, y'all, social media folks, pray for me. So for 20 years, he could do anything he wanted to do with it. And for 20 years, it didn't really prosper him. It didn't prosper anybody but Obed-Edom. Why? See, those who know their God will be strong. But the power, they may have had the, the, the object. They may have had the instrument, the machine, not even the machine. They may have had the structure, but they did not have the power because God did not let his power go with them. So then David gets ready to bring them home. She's laughing at the same. David gets ready to bring them home, and all of a sudden, because David is the right one in place, and when David did it wrong, what happened? Uzzah died. Because God wanted to let him know, I'm going live again. So I was dead. But I'm going live again. And all of a sudden, the same detriments and the same risks and vulnerabilities that were it was in it when I was in the wilderness in my tabernacle. I'm going home. I'm going live. So he goes and he goes and tries to bring them home bring the ark home with soldiers, fighters, and warriors, as if they could really defend God. So God had to let them know, you know, I could take them myself. I could really, I could, I could defend me myself, okay? It's nice you brought the captains and all of that, and I, yeah, and I did get them some victories, but I want you to understand. I said, I'm coming home with priests. I'm not traveling home with soldiers and war weapons and blood all over their hands. The only blood I accept is the blood of the angel of the uh, animals that I ordained. So God wanted to let them know. What other way was He going to let them know that I'm I'm live? And then let them know that other, uh, uh-uh, uh, you don't you don't handle me anymore. He must have hated it all those twenty years. But he he wanted to let them know uh, the power is back. We're going to see that in the church. The power is coming back. And I want you to understand, you better, you better really be thoughtful about how you handle it. See, he let all of those pagans and whatnot touch his power until. He said, but I'm going home. And he wanted David to know, if you're going to bring me home, you need to understand that the soldiers are not going to tend my tabernacle. They're not going to tend my altar. If you're bringing me home, you better bring me home with the priest. And David, and you don't even know when David and God had this conversation, because David was so mad with God that he actually left the ark on the floor. He didn't want to bring the Lord. I'm trying to bring you home. You ungrateful, Yahweh, you. I'm trying to bring you home and give you your back home, and you're going to act like that, killing people, making me look bad. And what did he say? Then he goes like a, typically like a leader who cannot admit they're wrong. He goes, and you priests, sanctify yourselves. Because 
Because you weren't sanctified and you weren't in your place and you weren't ready to do this, the Lord broke out against Israel. Hold on, buddy. You should have done your homework. (laughs) But see, David didn't know because he became king without the ark. We don't often teach that. The ark was in his enemy's hands. So why am I saying that? Why did I use those examples? Because you need to understand that when you decide to move up in God, the higher up you go, the more you enter that glory, the more you better be righteous. You better be righteous in the way God called you to be. Now, because he's not going to let you touch him in your way. Like you keep saying, I want more. God, I just really want more. You got to be like, no, you don't. Lord, just cover me with your glory. You're not ready. And he's not saying he doesn't want to do it. He's saying, if I do what you want, I'm going to bring out the Saul, King Saul in you. Because you're not sanctified. You're still going to go home and sleep with your girlfriend. You're still going to go home and put your homosexual relationship. You're still going to go home. When you get in your car and leave here, you're going to fill yourself with drugs. You're still going to go and have unjust deals. And unjust. So, no. I turned my own radiance down. I turned my temper down because I don't want to kill you. I want you to grow in me. My um, my plug, something's wrong with my plug because it's saying this battery's dying. So I just need you to hear me as we go forward that there's a reason why. So you can be like, but God, I mean, I want with Dr. Price. I know you don't. No, you no. Leave that. Don't even try me. Because let me tell you something. Every time God increases the glory, it costs you something severe. It's not going to stop costing because the currency of God is whole life. He is a whole life God. You know, his insurance is whole life. He don't have term insurance. No, 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 no term. You're going to whole life or you're going to be uncovered. <laughs> One choice. Now, uh, now look at the next group. Can I go on to the next group? There's more. Jesus is God, but you know, deep calls unto deep. And if God has got you in the shallow end of the pool, it's because you can't handle His deep. And you will. How, how do I know how deep I am when you don't run from deep? When you don't run but come in. Thank you. Then you. Uh, so this whole idea of God's got to make give you a little of this and a little of that. That is not true. God is, I'm deep. Step in the water. Everything baptized. Think in. Drench yourself. Saturate. Deep calls to deep. So the next word that you're going to love is to block. So remember, we've covered to hedge in, to fence about, shut in, to block, overshadow, and screen, and to stop the approach of something. To shut off and cover. To protect. To weave together. Now, the interesting thing about it, that's, that's kind of, you know, what they mean. But we have to look at this in holistic ways by virtue of what God gave him to do. So you can mess up with God all day long. But the, but the anointing on you will become corrupt, like it became corrupt on Saul. All of a sudden, you can't stop cussing. All of a sudden, you can't tame these passions. 
all of a sudden, you cannot, you're constantly venting a rage that you didn't even know you had because you still have residual in your soul. Can I just say it like that? Because you need to understand why God was upset with him. So covering, and I'm I'm just giving you Webster because it's on my computer, but spreading over, but here's something, concealing, bailing, clothing, wrapping, enclosing, protecting, and disguising. Had a lot of power. Because we kind of think that that the power that God gives us is only the power that we call good. No, God gives us all. Jesus had all power. He Remember, he said, I kill them, they can lie. Your, your task in that is to find out which will make me do which. He said, I, sent whore, I, I created the waster to destroy. I created the waster to destroy, which means God knew what would be destructive as well as what's constructive. So God did the whole idea of the law of sin has to do with what God rejected for himself that proved to be detrimental to his perpetuity, to his eternal existence, eternal being. So God could lie, but he found out lying didn't work. So lie existed because all of that existed in the creator. But God made a decision. Oh, no, no, I can't be it. See, like some of you all, you sit there and you get all caught up in these little things that you like to do. And you say, well, it's, it's nice and whatever. But you don't understand. You're not making decisions for your, your soul health and perpetuity. Because as he is, so are we in this world means you have to make choices for, it, for life or death. What did he say to Israel? Death before you what? Life and death. Hallelujah. And then he said, but choose life. Because what did he do? He learned to choose life. I thought y'all might like that. All right? And then a cover, a lid, but this is something, raiment. So and you, you can understand that everything that was in him, listen, clothing, raiment, garment, and dress, what did we just go through? All of his attire and his internal organs. And it said, uh, so I wanted you to understand that. So let's go back. I'm getting to the end of this part. It said, and so he walked up and down, and he said, but look at what he said. By the multitude of your merchandise, settling, selling, trade, business. You can't tell people that they weren't called to do business because it started, they did business in heaven. So do you want to know what heaven's business is like? Are y'all bored? No. Okay. I love my daughter. You're not bored, daughter? Do you know what business is like in heaven? Business in heaven is, um, Sade, you have the ability, right? I have the need. We have to come to terms on exchange so that we're mutually benefited in what we do. Now, how do you know that? Well, Paul understood it coming from heaven. What did he say? If God gives you spiritual things, you must reciprocate in kind or more with material things. Why? Because heaven is always moving, and moving means currency. So the currency of heaven in business is exchange. So we can say, well, that's wrong. No, just because people do it wrong does not mean it didn't originate in God. So he was hot. He was really hot. I bet y'all business owners, y'all like that, didn't y'all? Because, you see, you've been told that you're wrong. 
You've been told that you're carnal. You're told that you're worldly. But there was no us. Not for us. Not our, our, our whatever. So it says here merchandise. And I wanted you to, um, to see this because you have got to understand how God rules. Because what we are calling God's reign is church service once a week. Two hours maybe. Hopefully we can endure it and not pass out. So it so when he says that, it means trading, and, uh, merchandise, traffic, and trade. Those are all what synonyms of business. So he so he handled all of the business in God's realm that would happen when. The, the angels or the citizens that didn't have something went to the citizens who had it, and they exchanged so that there was a mutual One's a profit, the other's a benefit. One is P-R-O-F-I-T, the other is B-E-N-E-F-I-T. So he said, you know, that by the multitude of your merchandise, man, I can't even just, this thing gets me. I don't know about you all, but I get when I read this stuff and I break it down. You ask me how bad it took me forty years. Now you know. Now you know, okay? Forty years. So, and so he said from the magnitude that you what he said you have been filled. Look at this. See every. Uh, by the multitude of your merchandise. They, your merchandise, did something, filled the midst of you with violence. Isn't that what we see with big tech today? Their product, their merchandise, filled them with violence. And they're doing violence against our Constitution, against our rights, against our existence, and our freedoms. Now, he said, but, so, he was so successful where he would be because he was ahead of all of this. He said, filled you with violence, and you have sinned. So this is court. God's holding court on this creature. I know, isn't that something? And he says, now when he said, he said, but it caused you to miss my purposes, to interfere in things that I did not give you charge over, to forfeit all of the, the benefit or the best interest of people, because of what you do, to create lack, okay? And I want you to do that, to lead them astray, bring people under condemnation, to make them blameworthy, or to teach them or inspire them to commit sin, to bring out their faults, to bring out harm of what you've done, to cause people to suffer loss, to offend your God and others, to offer for sin. I like this, okay? But he goes on, so he had a big job that he, in fact, did not live up to. And so you, it, it brought, okay, so it brought out uncleanness. And a lot of these are pre- presented in a mixed positive, negative, but you have to understand effect, because God is effect. Because remember, he's the God of thought and intent of the heart. He said, you miss your way. You to call your merchandise caused you to go wrong. You started. You became worthy or of guilt to incur guilt. I love this one. You missed my goal and my path of right and duty. He stopped being dutiful to his own maker and he became dutiful to himself. He said, 
and, and then to, to incur the penalty of sin, to bear loss. And, 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 and I want you to understand, because this is important, to induce the sin and then cause the sin. So you understand sin began with him. Which is why heaven was created for the devil and his angels. Because they interject an entire opposing, contradictory, perverting, and degrading system in God's creation. And how did they do it? In mind. In mind. To bring into guilt or condemnation or punishment. To miss yourself, to lose yourself, to wander from the way. He lost himself. He lost the self they almighty made. He lost Lucifer and became Satan. He downgraded himself because people keep saying, well, God won't send a loving, a loving God. Are you kidding? You downgrade yourself. You disqualify. He downgraded himself because he really felt his view, his way, and his approach would put him back up in God's world. Would keep him there because, you you know, God is like, you know, God, the minute you cut up, he cut you off. All of a sudden, you don't get the almighty, you get angels. He downgraded. You want to downgrade? Let's all downgrade together. All of a sudden, you got angels doing what God almighty used to do. So people, all of this here, love for angels, they need to pray about that. Now, I love my angels. Now, I got some good ones, too. I'm, 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 God, thank you for the thing. Okay? And he said, he said, and out of Mr. Big, and violence, I just love this, violence. So he, he became violent, cruel, unjust, and just plain wrong. Now, you all are listening to this, but I want you to hear me from this vantage point. Up until Lucifer turned, heaven did not have any of those things. The only person who knew they could exist was God. The Godhead knew. All the citizens, are like the saints today, saints walking around all oblivious. <laughs> don't know we don't, they don't know we're going down for the third time. They're just like, ah, well, all I know is I'm going to heaven. Yeah, baby, but if you don't go tomorrow, you have to deal with what you let happen today. What did I do? So look at this. This is important. He said, therefore, I will cast thee as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee. See, you know that. So let's find out. He said, I'm going to cast you out as a profane thing. Profane. profane. H2490. It says to profane, defile, pollute, desecrate, and begin to be that sort of thing. To profane oneself, to defile oneself, pollute oneself. Ritually, sexually, to be polluted, to be defiled. To profane, make common, defile, pollute, to violate the honor of something. To violate a covenant. To treat as common, and in my words, instead of godly to profane the name of God, to, I love this, to bore through, pierce, bore through what? Holiness, to wound. These are all of the things that he did in God's realm. That's why God can tell you, y'all don't want to do that. 
We don't want to pass that law because I'm telling you, we already had those things in our world, and they did not turn out well for us. To pierce, to be slain, and here's the thing that gets me, to play the flute or pipe. Now, how could that fit? How could that fit? To play the flute. Now, remember, he's made of instruments. So why is it, how is it that playing the flute or pipe falls in line with the whole string of effects that I just read? The godless. Rap music. Music, period. Because he can get you so passionate over us, over his sound that he can seduce you to do anything to keep it going or to get maximum enjoyment out of it. So that means that however way he did it, music figured prominently in his, not only his campaign, but in his strategy. Oh, y'all didn't catch me in a minute. And he said, I love this. And he goes on to say, and I will destroy you. Oh, my. I'll make you perish. This is him. This is him today. I'll make you perish, vanish. Remember, when we, when he, we get ready to do creation, he's the darkness on the face of deep. Go astray. He said, I will destroy you, cause you to die. And here's something very powerful. He said, I will exterminate you. I will cause you to be lost. He said, I will kill you, cause to perish, and give and to give you up. Give you up to what? What he didn't know existed, death. Figuratively, to cause you to stray, put you to death, uh, look, by divine judgment. How many of us know that? You realize that pagans have no idea that they're following something that has literally put a blinder, a cloth, a veil over their face. It's like he, was, he still uses his cloaking powers. He still uses his cloaking methods and mechanisms. He still uses those, but he's now using them for, for evil or for deceptive purposes. But if he said, so I'm going to finish this. This is so powerful. Um, um, he said, I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. I can't even. So he's getting, he got fired. He got terminated. But God didn't just terminate him. You know how when you are really high up, they don't just tell you don't come to work. They say come to work, bring your badge, your keys, codes, computer, your phone. As a matter of fact, they tell you to bring it after they have shut it all off. You ever notice that they tell you to bring it, but that before you got the call, you couldn't get in your computer. You couldn't use it. Now, think about it. So God shut off his fire. He took fire. He shut off his energy, and he locked him out of his realm. He could no longer get to the mount of God where all the goodies are. That's why Mount Zion figures so prominently in Scripture. So, but it gets better. I'm trying to get through it. And he said, and he tells him, your heart is a heart issue. So he actually knew that iniquity was in his heart. Your heart was lifted up, arrogance, pride, because of your beauty. 
that means he had to be more gorgeous than anything he had other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you corrupted your wisdom. I want you to hear me. And, I mean, think about it. And so, so your issues are hard. Remember, when God made Saul king, we've talked about it over and over again. What did he do? He gave him another heart. He gave him the heart of a king and took away the heart of a peasant, even the heart of a businessman, and gave him the heart of a royal or monarch. So now listen, under heart, in a man, mind, will, heart, understanding. If you want to know, it's age 3820 if you're taking notes. Okay, inner part, the midst of you, midst of everything, the heart of man. And then it's the, the soul heart, the heart of the soul. Also, in your heart, your mind, knowledge, he said, but your knowledge, your thinking, your reflection, even your memories went off. Your inclinations and resolution and determinations, which means your will, your conscience went off. All of, Can you imagine? So what am I saying? All of his power, all of his prosperity, all of that corrupted his heart. And when it did, because the heart is the center organ that pumps blood and life to every part of the being, every part of him. See, this is the soul part. This may not be the physical part, but this is the soul part. So his soulical heart began to pump the arrogance, the hatred, and the cruelty to his being. But isn't that what it is with us? So he said, even, he said, your, his character, the heart of his, of his moral character, how about this, his appetites, they get cravings. You, you crave more and more cruelty, more and more crudeness, more and more uh, um, destruction because you, whether, whether it's pride or whatever. So he said, but your emotion, all of this, so all, the wicked side of all creation is in this being. The death side, the immoral side, all of that is in him, his emotions and his passions and his courage. He was emboldened to sin where he was once courage, courageous for covering God. Are they all right online? I know, baby, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm, I got my, I'm getting my own stuff. And so, and, and when he talks about wisdom, his skill, particularly his skill in war, he began to use his military powers against heaven, against his maker and his citizens. His skill, his wisdom and administration, he began to do business to his own advantage. He had secret deals and secret enterprises that he was working on that were working against the prosperity of God's might. Now, remember, in, in this case, this is he's working people. All right? Shrewdness, prudence, and, okay, even that, his ethics, all off, because God said because of the, his wisdom. And I like this word, by reason of. Reason meaning, here's the reason. On the basis of, so you, now, and when I'm ministering to people, I may not use these terms, but this is what I am actually moving on, upon on the ground of on the on the ground of what are you suffering? What is the basis? How do you think? What's your framework? What's your instruct um, your infrastructure according to on account of? But I like this one on behalf of his brightness, brilliance. Now we're thinking again. Don't just think radiance. Think a bright person. 
think uh, so on the everything was working for his brightness and against God on the basis of the, uh, okay and again in spite of or notwithstanding I love it above so all of this has to do with him being one hundred percent for himself now hear me one hundred percent for himself and that's kind of scary especially when himself has all these people in him. That's like me. You all are in me. I'm in you. And we've seen it. You've seen pastors go off. And all that's in that, that spiritual body, that ecclesial body that's installed in us, begins to believe that way. They believe it. They feel it. So the same, they, because they pass on appetites, and they do it through words. They do it through music. So when you think about churches and the music that people have in their churches, you need to pray about that. If you have a church that is constantly, or not even just constantly, well, yeah, maybe so, that is always telling you there's no difference between sacred music and secular music, that there's no difference between a a, a rapper who is fornicating and and writing his song to his fallen deity and the worship that you have. So you can get a wonderful worship song for Jesus, and then the next one is the devil's rock. That's because that's a polytheistic church. That's a church of many gods. And every God is demanding a sacrifice. Every God is demanding service. They all do it. That is Babylon. That's a Babylonian church. So, you, you, I mean, well, it's the truth. I don't know what to say. It's the truth. And he said, but here's something that I thought. He said, but I will, you know, come on down with the brightness. He's talking about because of his splendor. He has become splendorous. So what he did was God made him wonderful. But when God make, he gives you your talents and whatever, when he puts you in position, he has to enlarge and intensify. That's the whole spread out, the whole extension that we read under Mimshah. Yeah. He has to do that so that you can continually supply those that he has sent to you. Done, guys. And I'm going to do, I'll finish a reading, but we'll come back to this at another time. Maybe I'll be able to hang around this week and get it done. But he said, I will cast you. Hmm. He said, cast you, throw, hurl, fling, toss away, and cast off. He said, to be cast out. Or forth. Now, why is that important? Because Jesus comes to the planet, and what does he say? I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Isn't that something? Yeah. Now, it took the Almighty to say that. Now, Ezekiel wrote it, but when by the time we get to the war in heaven, Whatever the gap was in this story, it's not Ezekiel's writing that we're dating. It's the event, the, 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 uh, the event that he's recalling and recounting. He said, I'm going to cast you to the ground. What does that mean? That means his power of celestial flight is taken. God's like, no, 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 you're not going to fly back up here. That's not going to happen. I just need you to be comfortable with that reality because I'm not going to use you like that. But I will use you. And he said, I will cast you to the ground. And you know what that really meant? I'm casting you to earth. So we end up with Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, and I will lay you before kings, because God's talking about a whole other civilization that predates this one. 
that they may behold you. He said, you filled your sanctuaries. And I just thought, man, I got to look up this a little bit. But temple, it says sanctuary, holy place, temple, tabernacle of Jehovah. In other words, like us, people had to have a place to come and give God thanks. But a temple is contrary to how the church thinks that the temple also held the bank, the civil um, records, the temple had all of that in it. But he said, but you defiled your sanctuaries, meaning he, and he switched out God's stuff for his own. Isn't that something, though? He, and his own ways, which is why they end up with temple harlots and temple ritual sex. All right? Now, and it says here, so he said, um, y'all all right? By the multitude of your iniquities, meaning your faults, your evil doings, your perversity, and your mistress, mischief, hmm. and by the iniquity of your traffic, meaning merchandise, your business trade, your trade habits, your trade practices. By the multitude of that, he said, but here's what I wanted. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that see you. Now, I want you to take that statement, and what I want you to do is let your mind go back to his makeup so you can understand what happened to him. Shut up. You can understand. Go back to the energy. Go back to the ability to go from earth to the mouth of God. Go back to access codes, access ability. Go back to the fire, the ability to produce from yourself, from your own being. Go back to, like, all of this here, this here, all of this here. That's why they, that's why they keep pushing on Bluetooth. But all of this here, he had in him. All, this, all of this here, so if I need a plug, if I was sitting here and I was him, if I needed a plug, I would need these wires. I would literally be able to say, project that energy, and that thing comes on. Now, a lot of upper cultures say they can do it, but they can't sustain it, and they can't pass it on to others. See, they have to do it by devils, so they have to find out how many devils have that ability. And we do it by the Holy Ghost who is all omnipotent, all powerful. I don't know if this was helpful to you. I'm certainly not done, but we will. Okay. Are y'all all right? Oh, yeah. How about our people online? How y'all doing? Y'all okay out there? Wow. That's all they said. Wow. wow. Yes. And now here. This is not something that you, you just say, okay, this is great. You have to sit down with your families, your friends, your, your neighbors, if you want, and walk through this. This should take you about six weeks to get through, yeah. little at a time. Because once, and not only that, God's going to kick in and say, yeah, well, so, you know, in relation to you, he's going to kick in other passages and other verses in relation to your existence with him and your purpose. Well, 
Did you want faith? She, she lost. Come on back, baby. Hit a bell. Come on, my help. That's not very vigorous. <laughs> so I want to take a few minutes before we close and have a couple of you just share with me what you got from this and what it did to you as you were listening. Who oh, am I, I going to say get? that? Okay, okay. Yeah, she said I got that. Okay, well, hold, hold it down, girl. Well, now it's clear why Jesus said we have authority mm-hmm. over all of this sickness, mm-hmm. disease. I mean, this is. I'm sitting here as an apostle. Think, hold on, let me sit up. Come on, I know. Let's sit up. Got yeah, back on camera. I need to not look like I just fell out. Uh, inside, I did the flat line. Now it is so much easier to assimilate and process why as he is, so are we in this world, and all the things that we have authority over and what the devil has been brought down to and why. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does take away that, ooh, I hope this works. Mm-hmm. kind of mentality yeah. that you can have that the enemy wants you to feel every time you go to approach something that's his territory or his realm. Mm-hmm. And it makes you, it should make you want to practice even the things that he's showing you, however minute, however minuscule they are. It is okay for you to practice it if, you, if he tells you, this is what I want you to do for me. Anybody else? We, oh, oh. Stop. I love the young blood. Well, um, I've learned to learn some interesting things about why God wants to pace out how we grow in him. And I've learned, also learned that all means all. When God created everything, he did create everything. And he said aside from himself because he didn't want it to corrupt who he is and what he wanted himself to be. Yeah. That was very interesting to me because I've, I guess I've always perceived it as creating everything that's not fruitful for us, but that's giving him too much credit, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So this is definitely a very interesting and fun show to be in. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you. I like the young blood because that means the future generation is laying hold of this thing. Anyone else? Over here, apparently. I found it quite fascinating when you were talking about his zoological heart and how that heart pumped the cruelty and all of the iniquity and sin throughout his entire being corrupting him from the inside out. I thought that that was quite brilliant. And then when we bring that down to humanity, I mean, God tells us that everything, you know, starts in the heart. And mm-hmm. our hearts and is doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. that just awaken, awakens us and enlivens us to the importance of the new creation spirit and working with God for our healing and soul conversion. Absolutely wonderful. Anyone else back here? You mentioned wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. You have to think like the serpent's maker. And I'm happy that you clarified that because I automatically used to think think like the serpent being mm-hmm. wise. So that was good that you mentioned that. And then you said something about codes. If you could just clarify that one more time. Well you said something about codes. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna do something special. Would you answer that for me, Chief? 
the cold thing. You are Angela. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I want it from a, a prophet's perspective on purpose. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure I'm answering. She's saying the whole idea of why codes would pertain to heaven and eternity and all of that. Uh, okay, so if I'm understanding, I want to make sure, but if I'm understanding why codes would pertain to all of those things. In heaven, in heaven of all places. Of all places. What, first of all, I think the code thing goes back to why uh, creation and heaven and all of that is really biotic. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about that, because you've often related it to DNA and genetics when we often talk about codes and, and how God had a code for everything. And when you think about our bodies and how we function, there is a code. There's a DNA code for everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about even um, Marie uh, adding the science to mm-hmm. that with the epigenetics and how you can, through codes, certain codes can be turned on or off or triggered by behavior or actions or all of those kind of things. And so uh, with Corrupted and Satan wasn't just his passions or him running to run amok, but for that zoological process that she talked about to take place, there was a, a, de, um, a destruction or mm-hmm. a uh, that's not the word I'm looking for. But Degradation? Yes, yes, of the codes. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about how you destroy a computer, you have to go in and literally destroy all of the codes. You corrupt them to the point that although they are still present, mm-hmm. they can't function. They can't operate. How they, the communication mm-hmm. systems and all of that, the pathways that they would use to make something happen are gone. How? And so heaven, it runs on the same thing. And we didn't realize that until Jesus. Yeah, and the DNA. Right. DNA is a code. Exactly. And if it's biotic, mm-hmm. then there's a code. Did you want, are you done? I don't want to, okay, yeah, you want no, to kick in? Add, uh, yeah. Well, and I was also thinking about what you were saying about God separating through himself, finding things. And mm-hmm. so when we think about the codification, we think about a classification, a securing, and then ultimately a timing that would be connected to the process of coding mm-hmm. and a way that God was managing his knowledge mm. and managing the separation of all these various things. When you think about even on the side of Satan, that when it comes to iniquity, he has to figure out codes. Mm-hmm. So when we think about invention, that mm-hmm. humanity that whether you're talking about the, the advancement of that which is of God and godliness, mm-hmm. or whether you're talking about the advancement of iniquity and that which is diabolical, that it has to, they have to be able to put together the formulas mm-hmm. to enter into particular things. So scripture says the inventors of wickedness, the inventors mm-hmm. of iniquity, because God codified all of it and would require someone to be able to tap certain aspects of his wisdom in his mind to be able to unlock what he classified, separated, identified, and secured for a particular. Mm. But I think when, when mm-hmm. you said that, too, and I was thinking about it earlier, when you, when you said uh, him managing his power. Yeah. Because the codes would also regulate that. When you think about us getting the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and then after that he went, he took them to class and began to train them. Because we have to think about that even in our times about how codes, which are which you often is also made synonymous with laws. Mm-hmm. They are. They said the law code, right? Because, well, because we, we often think that heaven wasn't riding on that mm-hmm. because they were doing it biologically and because we're in sin, we had to do it const- uh, governmentally, yeah. uh, that we're still not regulating the power mm-hmm. um, through that. And it's in us. Yes. That's very good. That's very good. Anybody else? How uh, You got something to say? I like the young blood. You know how I feel about the young folks. <laughs> 
Um, as you were talking about and going through the different gemstones in the body, I thought about astrology and the birthstone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, that shows how Satan perverted the birthstones because he knew exactly what kind of power they hold. And so that's why astrologers um, tend to wear birthstones birth uh -huh. mm -hmm, to bring good luck or those different things. So I was able to kind of correlate the two as to just, and just seeing how much Satan perverts everything because he knew what he had. And like you said, he can't get it back. So now he just perverts everything. And he also, because astrology is those, those fallen angels, obviously the, the key 12 ones, um, those fallen angels are assigned those gemstones because that's, they, that's them trying to match or get their residual, greatly downgraded former strengths into the earth realm, but also to make so that they can ride on human faith to make people believe in their power, which is gone. So they ride on human faith because creation is about faith. God did everything by faith. So see, he's always trying to use the faith of, of God's human creation, humankind, if you will, So because his, he, he has no faith. Remember, the, the faith he had was in taking down his maker. It didn't work. So now what well, he has to settle for being adversary, which is what Satan means, adversary. So he, I've got to, now we may think about adversary or whatever, but in the middle of adversary is the word verse, which means walk or travel. So he is, he, God just said, okay, so you want to you have people believe in you? That's fine. I'm going to use you to make sure that they believe in you so much I don't ever have to get another one of you in my world. Very involved. Very, this, is, this is really spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual academics, you know. It really is on Numa academics because we don't know how this world was, how, how God's world runs. So we take any devil's lie about what he's doing. Satan is always trying to regroup and recoup. That's who he is. That's what he's like. I can't, you know, you got a, you got your hand back. Oh, Lord, look over here. I got a new hand. I'm excited. <laughs> don't you dare. Come on, girl. You're not nervous. You're full of Jesus. Okay. Um, I was thinking, okay, if I'm not mistaken in the Bible, he calls us gates in a certain, okay. So I was thinking back here, like, if he calls us gates, and, okay, I know another uh, verse of Bible says, uh, sin lieth at the door waiting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm thinking, like, okay, we if we're gates, would it be, like, say, for instance, if sin has a code, mm -hmm. if Satan recognizes that code, that means that our gate is open. Like it's not okay. We locked up right now, but if we have sin, if Satan recognizes that sin is a code, he can see that our code on is our corrupt. Gate, yes, mm -hmm. and then it gives him access to us. I don't know how to say it, but I think you know. Yeah, we got it. Hey, I'm proud of you for saying that much. Come on here, come on, girl. You keep coming. You gonna be bold. But but she, what she's saying, Jesus said, "I am the door." Sin lies at the door. The door he's talking about is the door to the soul. And so what is the door? The door is eye, ear, heart. Eye, ear, heart. So he, he said, I'm the door to the spirit realm. He said, I'm the door. Nobody's going to get to the Father but by me. You see, the fact that he mentioned the Father means I'm the door to the spirit realm. I'm the door to everything. And so 
what, but Satan, by his DNA codes and all of the training and all of the conditioning that we have from the world, the, all of that become, those are for, for them, they're gates for them, but they become barriers to Christ. Yeah. So we have to find out where our soul barriers are. Because we have soul barriers. Anyone else? Okay, one down here, and then we have time for two more, so you better be one of those two. I found it fascinating, um, especially in regard to music and how he was, within him, God created organs, you know, Mm -hmm. actual instruments. And in today's society, he totally monopolizes the entire music industry. Mm -hmm. And I was reading up on how... Uh, even the, the major hits that are like on top of the billboards and mm-hmm. such, many of those were crafted and actually uh, created based on the past, mm-hmm. based on maybe nursery rhymes oh, yeah. that were already embedded in our minds. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and if Satan, he can access and code, because it's basically scientists that are moving the the frequencies yeah. up and down to trigger our memories. Yeah. So he's literally the memories, the different things in our past. He's actually tapping into those, and he's created as a currency because those tunes that they've created have actually become number one hits. Yeah. And so he's profiting on our past. He's profiting on our iniquity. He's mm-hmm. profiting upon everything of the first Adam. And so, being becoming dunamite. That you are you are obviously equipping and empowering us through the wisdom of God to counteract all that. And and first of all, to make you aware of it, you I mean, how many times have you had them? Okay, this is an oldie. This is a '60s oldie. This is a '50s oldie. This is an '80s oldie. Or this is a new one based on something that you've learned in school or or what something else. But Music, as you can see, if he had it, then everybody, God likes music. So he hears the sound, the musical sound. I would imagine that he knew iniquity was found in him when his organ started hitting off notes. Uh, that, that's just, all of it, you know, it's kind of like you got ting, 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 and I'll be like, dong. Yeah. What is that, dong? Because when you think about yourself, when you're off, you can't hold a note. You can't even think a note. You be like singing your little favorite little song in the shower. You're like, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. That's a spiritual influence. But so, but that is why God says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to decide what your mind is going to cogitate, even when you're not speaking and you're you're subconsciously thinking. That is something you have to do. And he gave us the word. Here's why I keep saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. We are God's children. And so we have to learn God so we can, for the God factor and the God material that's in us to begin to grow up into the measure and stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to do God 24-7. You understand that we say that and people are like, well, that's religious. That's religious for you because you're not redeemed. Because let me tell you what God does for 24-7. He does God. Isn't that simple? 
God does God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Satan does Satan 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We, we come, but, but see, he's really good at giving us all of that kind of distorted uh, information and, and doctrine. He gives that to us because he already knows we were born into his world. In other words, into his culture. We are born into, you must be born again to get out of his culture. So we're born into his culture. So what are we reared in? His consciousness. That is why this passage is so powerful. Let this mind be in you. And you also have to say, we have to take on the mind of Christ. When we get together another time, I have no idea when, we're going to talk about what was on Christ's mind and what is on his mind. Because everybody's like, how could the mind of Christ, really? What part? What's on his mind? How's that fit? So that's great. I had one more hand. Who was the last hand? Oh, I didn't think you were going to let me go. See, I knew better. Yes, yes. Because of the apostles' mind and God reveals revelations, mysteries, and secrets to the apostles, and you were saying today that Satan did not know that death existed. Well, mm-hmm. for death. well he didn't know he was committing suicide. Okay. So as he's before the court and God has given him his charges and he's given him his accolades, you were good over here, but this is the charge that's laid before you today, and that the final uh, sentence uh, when he laid down his uh, justice, you think maybe he hit the lightning and went to the earth at this point, or? No, they cast him out. They ca- yeah, well, cast him down. Right yeah, he was cast down. After he got cast out of that? Well, he, he was cast. You're asking how, how did he get to earth? Jesus said he fell. But how did he fall? He fell because God took what caused him to remain celestial like a cloud. So he took that cloud-like construction, that cloud-like uh, makeup, and he dropped. Huh? they say the clouds are angelic systems? Yes, they do. They call them that. And so what you're saying also when you were teaching us that he was a cherub um, and he was downgraded is also in that God broke him out of that angelic system or mm-hmm. that order mm-hmm. of like beings. Well, and, but see, because I didn't get a chance. Go ahead, Chief. Oh, at least you got the, the mic. Fall, yeah. Didn't you say that part of the fall was when he took the fire and the power out of the midst of them, mm-hmm. he didn't have the um, composition anymore to stay. Is that what That's what right? I'm trying to say. Yes, or right. constitution. Or con- right. That, it, that literally he started falling. Yeah. Drop because it. Because of that. Okay. And, and that's, where, that's really where we are right now, to understand that he, because God has given us power to rise. Like people keep saying that, you know, God's not sending up you to help, but sin won't travel. Sin is hard. It's gravity. Sin is hard. So, and sin is weighty. It's, 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 it's all of those things. So it can't go up because it has to drop. And he is the example of sin causing you to be unable to take flight, to be in flight, to, and to supersede gravity in order to ascend to your heavenly places. See, as long as we keep this in the realm of theology, where, you know, moral and all of that, I'm not giving you the moral thing. It's coming up to you, the whole moral pieces. But I'm telling you that sin, when you think about it, when you're in sin, you're depressed. You're weighed down. 
you, you, you don't want to walk. You don't want to do anything. When you're in sin or either all you want to do is self-destruct. So you do your drugs to feel better about the guilt that's built, the guilt mechanism that's built in everybody. Everybody has that guilt mechanism. So you do all of those things. But we have to know this is important because we have got to accept that you are going to hell. I don't care what a devil tells you. A devil's going to tell you you're not going to hell because he wants you in, down there with him in his, as his subject. But he, if he was right, why is he on earth? And how is it we can say I bind you and it freezes? Because this is right. God has just given us the manual and the verbiage for what happened to us constitutionally, compositionally, eternally, redemptively. And we have got to start doing that. So when you want to rise in God, have you ever noticed, we, how do we rise in God? We get that high praise all of a sudden. We're all, and we hit that one, all of us are in that oneness, in that praise. All of a sudden, you, when you open your eyes, you, you're stunned because you're like, I'm back on earth. Because you thought you were God. So I like how you said that he literally, God took his divine constitution and gave him the constitution of a divine prisoner. And because of that, he couldn't rise again. He can't. And see, you can't redeem a spirit. You've got to give, you've got to replace a spirit. You cannot redeem a spirit. Why? Because it is the core constitution. It is the core energy of your entire being. He's telling you. Like people say, well, I'm, you're born again, so you can't corrupt your spirit. I don't know why. He didn't even have temptation. And yet he corrupted himself. So, did we have fun? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> we love you out there. Thank you for hanging with us. Make sure that you share this. Share, 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 and share again. And sit down with your family and friends. If you're a prophet, sit down in your own prophet circle. If you're an apostle, sit down in your own uh, uh, apostles' round set table. Use this as forum. You can play it and then stop it and have discussion. There's so much you can do. We've got to get you up to speed quickly. God told me he needed 2.5 million principalities of life. That is a lot. We've got to get you up to speed quickly so that you can understand that as he is, so are you in this world. Well, how do I get that? By learning to think differently. You don't enter God's power until your thoughts are right. Think differently to live powerfully. If you want, listen, you want more of God, you got to give more of you. That's the rule. We can't want more of God and give less of you. Don't forget, sow a seed. I'm sure Rachel has it on there. I've given you some hefty material, uh, yeah, spiritual things. I need some hefty material returns. God, remember, heaven runs on exchange. God bless you. See you Sunday at the embassy, home of the congregation of the mighty, where God stands. 8 o'clock Sunday school, 10 a.m. Sunday service. I love you much. God bless.